Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Do you love this world more than you love God? It's a very important question these days, because as Pastor J.D. reminds us, this world is passing away. The Bible promises that for all who love Jesus, their citizenship will eventually be in heaven. Don't grasp too tightly to this world. It is not your final home. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 7th, 2020. Welcome to those who are watching. If you're watching live, we're so glad that you're able to join us. Or if you're watching this later, we welcome you and trust that you'll be blessed that you did. I want to, before we get started today, mention that uh, actually it was this weekend, uh, this prophecy conference in San Remo, Italy was live streamed. And now I think, I'm not sure what time it is, in Italy. It's probably in the evening, but it was live streamed both yesterday and today. And I was privileged to be a part of this, and I would encourage you to go to the website and watch this. The uh, website is newhubvision.org, newhubvision.org. There are many speakers from all over, and uh, I know that you will be blessed by this. Okay, let's get to it. We've got a lot to get to today. I'm going to kindly ask that you indulge me as I preface what I'm going to be talking about today concerning what's happening in and to America. In 1963, my parents legally immigrated, I say legally for a reason, (laughs) legally immigrated to America from the Middle East. I was nine months old. I was born in Beirut, Lebanon, and that's where they were. This is 1963, and they left the Middle East. They fled Islam to come to this great country. And were it not for coming to this country, I don't know whether or not I would be alive, let alone whether or not I would have come to Christ. And for that I am eternally grateful. Literally, I am eternally grateful. However, the America we immigrated to in 1963 is not the America that we live in today. I'm sad to say. In 2017, my daughter Sabia, who was 10 years old at the time, 
won an audition to sing America the Beautiful at the U.S. Tennis Open in New York. Now, three years later, I can't watch that video. And whenever I did, I would always just sweep. I actually went online and read all the words to that uh, anthem. It's actually a hymn. It's actually a hymn. And I read all the verses, not just the one that is always sung. But In 2006, I started doing these weekly prophecy updates because I had sensed from the Lord that we were entering the last period of human history as we know it, that it would be the likes of which we had never seen before, nor would we ever see again. And I just was prompted by the Lord to begin these weekly prophecy updates. And so every week we talked about the end times, the soon return of Jesus Christ. That was 14 years ago. This last week I was reflecting on the last 14 years, and as I watched with horror the nationwide rioting, and in so doing a very familiar sorrow overwhelmed me, and the Lord ministered to me that once again I was grieving another death, and not for a loved one, but for a loved nation. I love this country so much. But it's kind of like the Lord, as He did with Peter, posed the question to me, do you, do you love this country more than me? When Jesus appeared to the disciples after the resurrection, and uh, they, you know, caught all these fish after catching no fish all night, and then leave it to Peter <laughs> once they put the net on the other side of the boat. <laughs> Which makes you wonder, how wide was that boat? Because as soon as they did, I mean, there were so many fish that it almost broke the nets, and they bring it in. And this is when Jesus restores Peter three times after Peter had denied Jesus three times, but in that process he, he poses that question that I think is before every single one of us today. I know you love America. God blessed America. But do you love this country more than me? Do you love this world more than me? When our daughter Noelle died in 2006, my wife and I went through what's been described as the five stages of grief. And that's the grief that I personally am in now. I do believe that we are seeing the death of a nation. And as such, many are going through the grieving process. The first stage in the grieving process is denial, which then leads to anger and bargaining that gives way to depression and sadness and sorrow, just a real deep sorrow. 
Then, once you resign yourself to the inevitable, there's an acceptance. And one of the things I'm learning in grieving is that the harder you grieve, the sooner you heal. You know, it's the ones that that don't deal with it, they sort of stuff it, defer it, and boy does it ever, you know, eventually rear its ugly head. I've learned, and I am learning, that, you know, God in His grace and His mercy has given us this ability to grieve. And that's why it is, by the way, that you'll always feel so good after a good cry. And by the way, um, I cry, <laughs> so, so you understand. Jesus cried, so don't look at me like that. Sort of the Apostle Paul too, by the way. You know, growing up, big boys don't cry, so you know, you never, you never cried. I'm making up for my childhood, I just want you to know. <laughs> when you cry, you release the the stress and the built-up toxins in your body. That's why you always feel good after a good cry. It's a process of grieving. We don't grieve as those without hope. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. But it's still grieving nonetheless. Please know that I am keenly aware of the many that are watching who are not here in the U.S., but it's not just America, it's the world. I mentioned last week that I believe we are witnessing, and I use this phrase for a reason specifically, that we are witnessing the controlled demolition of the current world order in order to usher in the new world order vis-a-vis order out of chaos. That's what's happening. I am of the belief that the clarion call before every single one of us is to let go of this world and accept the fact that it is passing away. The Apostle John in his first epistle, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, by the Holy Spirit wrote, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And listen to what he says in verse 17. He says, the world is passing away. You know what he's saying? Is that not what we say? Today? This week I have two memorial services. Two people passed away. When our daughter was dying, 
we knew that it was just a matter of time. It wasn't if, it was when. She was passing away. This is what John is saying. The world is dying. The world is passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Lest one still be in the denial stage or even the anger stage, consider the following two reports, both of which were on Tuesday in this regard, beginning with the Jerusalem Post. They published an article about how Iran, Russia, China, and Turkey are celebrating the collapse of the U.S., quoting the Post. Authoritarian regimes throughout the world are pushing narratives, interesting, that appear to gloat over and celebrate that chaos unfolding in the United States. On Monday, Iran's media pushed stories that highlighted the, quote, collapse, while quoting Russian sources portraying that the U.S. is flailing about as its, listen to this, world order comes crashing down. The protests in the U.S., and the COVID-19 crisis have made Washington appear to be declining rapidly. The big four, China, Russia, Turkey, and Iran, are poised to exploit and emerge stronger. Where once, listen to this, George Bush Sr. spoke of a new world order. Now these countries want to bury that U.S. world order amid the chaos. Same day, Tuesday, the Times of Israel published a report about how Netanyahu told settlers that U.S. enthusiasm for annexation, quote, may have lessened. Quoting the Times, the official said settler leaders left the intense meeting under the impression that annexation would not be taking place, quote, as soon or in the scope, close quote, that had initially been pledged by Netanyahu, vis-a-vis, by the way, the deal of the century, so-called. Now, I know that there are those who will disagree, but I cannot find the United States of America in the pages of Bible prophecy. And the question becomes, is what we are seeing now 
that which explains why it is that America is not mentioned in Ezekiel 38, for the benefit of those who are unfamiliar with this prophecy found in Ezekiel chapter 38. It is a very detailed, very specific prophecy about this alliance of nations invading Israel from the north by way of Syria. And the three nations at the helm of this alliance are none other than Russia, Iran, and Turkey. And they invade Israel. And very interesting, the purpose of the invasion, we're told in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38, is to take the spoil, the loot that Israel has, the prosperity that Israel has. And Israel has that prosperity today. What's even more interesting in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38 is that it mentions by their ancient name Saudi Arabia, Sheba and Dedan, along with Tarshish and the young lions thereof, as only protesting, questioning this invasion. Uh, there was an article last week, I just I didn't have time to include everything. If I did include everything, we'd be here until next week, and then I wouldn't have a prophecy update for next week. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, breaking news last week was that Saudi Arabia is now uh, by Jordan allowed to be a part of what if? What is what if? What if is an Arabic word meaning halt or stop. And what if is the foundation currently in control of the Temple Mount? And what is so fascinating is that now all of a sudden Saudi Arabia, who has had a very warm relationship with Israel in the last 18 to 24 months, exactly as we're told in Ezekiel 38, will now have a role, a prominent role, as it relates to the Temple Mount. For those of you who are students of Bible prophecy, this is very significant, and it is very important prophetically. So back to America. There are some who hold to the belief that the reference in Ezekiel 38 verse 13 of Saudi Arabia, Sheba and Dedan, and Tarshish, and the young lions thereof, is a reference to the UK and the US. Can't be dogmatic about it. It is possible, certainly, and it would seem to fit, certainly. Because if that's the case, then that would make sense, because there are no nations that stand with Israel when this prophecy is fulfilled and this allied attack and invasion takes place. In fact, talk about a detailed prophecy, we're even told very detailed, very specific, the purpose of God Himself putting a hook in the jaw of Gog, this leader, to bring him and his alliance of nations against his people Israel. God himself hooks them into this. Why would God do that? Oh, we're told why. So that they will know <laughs> 
that He is God. When they see the decimating, and I mean devastating defeat, and complete annihilation of this allied invasion, I mean against all odds, there's no explanation other than it was a supernatural manifestation of the mighty hand of God on behalf of His people Israel. So where's America? Well, if those who suggest that Tarshish is the UK and the young lions thereof are the young nation of the United States of America, then it's a very ambiguous reference to America, and America has somehow been reduced to this position of merely protesting or questioning this invasion of Israel, and is nowhere to be found as it relates to standing with Israel. So we still have this question on the table, don't we? What happens to America? Could it be that America has to first be destroyed and taken out of the way prior to this alliance of nations invading Israel? I would have to answer, yes it does. I wish it were not so, but it is. I realize I run the risk of reading too much into this, but on Tuesday, the world's largest free-flying American flag was torn in half after severe thunderstorms in Wisconsin. That was Tuesday. On Thursday, the Washington Monument was seen being hit by lightning. There's a video online of the storms over Washington, D.C. It actually injured two members of the National Guard. Is this just mere coincidence? Perhaps. I don't really know. But what I do know is that there is an agenda to destroy America. And sadly, said agenda has been in place for many, many decades. However, it seems to now be on warp speed, so to speak. Dare I say that there are those alive today who are quite literally hell-bent on the destruction of the United States of America. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. 
Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.